Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of yours, Geo, and I'm joined, as always, by Johnny. Johnny, how's it going? It's going good. How's it going? It's going good. This is the show from SwitchRPG.com, where we talk about the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch. This week, we are talking about more pre-E3 stuff. We got rumors. We have new game announcements. We have... There's a lot of stuff going on. Like it, this, like when we say pre E three, I mean there's there's announcements after announcements. It's like there's just a, there's like a whole event before E three actually happens. There's there's a lot a lot of stuff going on. Um, uh, but first, uh, uh, rumor sprites are in the air. They're flying. They're sprinkling. They're fairy dust. They're they're rumor dust all over the place. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a ton of things going on. But first, I want to talk about our Discord server. Don't forget to visit our Discord server at discord.switchrpg.com. Also, some of our other socials, you can visit us on Twitter at switchrpg as well as Facebook. Uh, I think it's switchrpg.com as well. And always, you can find me on the YouTube um, side of things. Um, all right, so that's uh, some quick housekeeping. Johnny, what's what yeah. you playing? What have I been playing? Uh, I've been actually. Last time we talked, I didn't. I wasn't playing much. Now no. I'm playing a whole lot. Okay. Uh, so I've been working on Catherine for the Switch. Catherine. It's the full body edition. Uh huh. It's that. Um, I guess. Uh, novel esque, visual novel slash uh puzzle, vertical puzzle block pushing. Yep. Game. Uh, interesting stuff. I think the uh, block pushing stuff, the puzzle, the gameplay mechanics are are really really good. I just think the execution in level design is is sort of holding the design itself back. Hmm. Because it's not coming across as being as intuitive as I would have liked or or hoped. So. There's there's that there, there's uh, there's also like this um, thing, whatever the thing may be, either the floor below you is constantly sinking or or there's something chasing you. And that gives you a sense of like dread uh, as you're going through the puzzle, because if you take too long to go through it, you're going to be um, you're going to get a going to end up falling and, and dying and then you get. You get a number of retries, but the redo stuff isn't super solid because it doesn't undo enough. It only undo undoes one movement, so you got to be a little vigilant on it. So it oh. can be... It gets to the point where you have to sort of kill yourself in order to restart from a checkpoint in a level. Yep. So there, it's like the gameplay mechanics, as I said, for the puzzle stuff is good and interesting, but the execution, how they implemented it, especially in terms of level design, and I guess uh, some of the sort of restrictions or 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 and lose the the losing mechanics of that, it could it could deserve some reworking. If they ever make a sequel, I'm certain they'll resolve those types of things. Yeah, but, I want to say I 
I thought I saw that they were making a sequel. I was kind of just trying to look that up, but it might have just been a, a rumor. But yeah. okay. And and the story stuff in that game is uh, just eh, it it's interesting, mm-hmm. but it's also the the dialogue exchanges uh, the are pretty bland. <laughs> there there isn't much to it. It's it's very. Uh, uh, it's very, I don't know how to describe it. It's just not, there isn't meaningful dialogue in there. <laughs> it's just very, the words yeah. that they use and the words that they say aren't thought provoking. It's a little tropey, a little, a little generic. It's all like dialogue exchanges that you've heard said right. back and forth over and over again on like every anime ever existed, every sort of animated anything ever existed, just very tropey. So those types of things. Now, what happens in the storyline is fairly unique. I would say pretty unique and interesting, but the execution, which is in the dialogue, is where it falls short. So Okay. It, it's an execution. Game ain't bad at all though. I'm I'm enjoying the game. Okay. Okay. It's just, uh, you know, a little let down from where it was. Uh, I played a little bit of Super Bomberman R online. Did, did you say, is it Bomberman? Uh, bomber. Bomber. Bom- bomber. <laughs> Do you want me to fully pronounce Bomber? Yes, the Bombers. The Bomberman. <laughs> uh, so... So this, what a surprise this announcement was and, and release because it's Konami. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a Konami game on a brand new Konami game on Switch and on other platforms. But like that came out of nowhere. And I'm a Bomberman fan. Yeah. So I was uh, cautiously optimistic about this. And the R part is basically a Royale. So it's. You and 63 other bomber men uh, <laughs> that are all uh, battling together, uh, but not all at the same time. There's like the big world itself has multiple panels to it, and it's four per panel. Right. And then once you defeat, once you're the last one standing in that panel, you then move to another panel, and you're likely to be joined by other bomber men uh, <laughs> in your panel, and things kind of like. Everyone focuses on getting closer and closer towards the center until there's one, uh, a Bomberman one or Bomber ha- one or something like that. Ha- have you won yet? Nah, I just deleted the game. I played it a few rounds and I was like, meh. it's fine. It's meh. That's yeah. what it is. It's meh. It's, uh, the ex- it's an execution thing. It's just, it lacks polish and it's a little buggy. Mm. And being able to... Uh, there's a term for it. I don't know. What's the word? Parachute in, hop in, bootstrap. Bomb in. Dive bomb. bomb in, dive in. Uh, I, I guess the whole process of clicking the button to join in the next match, to queue up and have that automate, automate through so that you're in the match. So to go from, yes, I want to join the match, to going through the lengthy things and steps and wait screens they have to go through before mm-hmm. you're finally in the match to bomb stuff. It's a little longer than what is expected, especially when you could end up losing sooner than what you waited to queue up. 
Right. So the gameplay, the the actual gameplay can end up being shorter than queuing up to play the game. Right. I mean, are there, are, is there a such thing? Cause I have, I, I'm familiar with the concept. Is there a such thing as like a quick match where maybe it's a smaller number of players at a time instead of the massive 64? If you're doing single player, sure. Yeah. Okay. So there's nothing, you know, nothing like no 32, nothing, nothing like that. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is in contrast to another game I, I actively play and still play because it's been out for like, I don't know, two months now or something like that, which is Pac-Man 99. Mm-hmm. And that one is uh, you just hit the button once and boom, you don't have to push any other buttons. You just wait for 90 or 98 other people to queue up and you're in the match. It's so quick so that you're able to get to, you know, constantly into the next match. And that is awesome. Hey, it's 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 Konami, all right. They they haven't released a game on the Switch in a while. They, you know, give, cut them some slack here. Well, I'm not going to cut them slack. I mean, it, it's a great <laughs> concept. It's just yeah. the execution fell short. It's free to play. They have some some of the characters are you have to buy. Well, you, uh, you don't have to. You can, but it just hmm. looks like some of the characters that are paid dlc are a little bit more powerful than the standard repertoire of bomber men people that's so. not that's not good yeah. i hope that i hope that's not the case at all and and these paid characters are all awesome it's it's uh paid characters are bomber men affied characters of konami franchises okay contra's so there castlevania's there uh uh uh, Metal Gear Solid's there. They got like characters representing all these awesome franchises from Konami, but they're paid DLC. Of course they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and Sorry. as I was saying, like Pac Man '99 is way better for a battle royale take on an old school game. Mm-hmm. I really dig Pac Man '99. I still have yet to get number one. Mm-hmm. I've gotten number two so many times. But number one is ah, there's there are there are some really good Pac-Man players out there, and I just keep failing. Just gotta so, get good. Yeah. Uh, another game I played just a little bit is Final Fantasy XII. I got into like a roadblock on a dungeon, hmm. and um, that has deterred me from progressing. I gotta look up a walkthrough uh, to get past the point that I'm at. It's, okay. A little bit of a head scratcher. There's like no clear indication as to how I need to proceed. So how um are you uh, fairly early in the game? No, no, I'm like okay. twenty hours in. I, I have you played uh quite a number of Final Fantasy games? Yep, yeah, okay. I played a lot. Where would you rank this one so far? I I know you hit a roadblock, but let's see. Um. I'm going to ignore the roadblock stuff. I would say it's probably the second best one I've played. Yeah. I, I, I'm i going to have to agree. And initially when this first came out, because it was just such a drastic turn of from their norm, you know, they went from Final Fantasy X to, you know, uh, to 12, basically. Um, and, and it was just so different, not turn-based. It's active time battle. Uh, so they were trying something out very, very new. I hated it. Um, in fact, I, I probably played it once. It was like brand new, um, when I decided to play it again. Um, and what helped that was the, 
was the um the zodiac expansion or the whatever that fix yep um that helped a big time um but yeah it definitely climbed up the final fantasy rankings that's that's for sure uh but it's what's what's your number one? Oh, tactics by a landslide okay like nothing even comes close like yeah. final fantasy tactics is way better than any of the other final fantasy games by a lot yeah I, I figured a tactics type game would be your <laughs> your up there um, quite a bit, but yeah, okay. Just as the tactics games, just, it has the great storytelling that all the other Final Fantasy games have. It has great music that all the other fantasy Final Fantasies have, uh, but it has the gameplay to back it up. The yeah. solid combat system, gameplay, just it, it. There's, it's always interesting from start to finish. Mm-hmm. So it, that's that's what really separates it from everything else. In twelve, the combat system's interesting, but it's still like pretty basic. And I, I'm using the gambit system, and I have everything automated. So I just hit the speed up button to just auto win all the battles. Mm-hmm. And if it's a boss battle, then maybe I need to like manually control it. Right. But other than that, it's um, it's still basic, but it, it's more. It's definitely a more complex combat system than than other Final Fantasies I've played. So. Yeah, right, right, right. Cool. What else you 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 playing? Yeah, and then I finished a couple of games. So, oh. uh, first I finished a game called Inside. Oh, I um, that game looks really really cool. I, I don't know how it plays or anything, but it looks like atmospheric and creepy. No, no, is that the game I'm thinking of? Yeah, probably. It's it's the game that's made by... Chucklefish? Uh, not Chucklefish. It's the spiritual successor to um, Limbo. Limbo was like mm-hmm. a uh, renowned Xbox 360 right, indie right, game. Right. Oh, yeah. This is, yeah, this is not the game. I'm thinking of... In, I think it's Inmost. Inmost, okay. Yeah, not that. This is Inside. It's a kind of like creepy... Mm-hmm. sci-fi side scroll puzzle adventure game yeah yeah um, it's and, and it, it's a physics-based puzzle game it's real good the game won like really high praise and awards it got perfect tens and stuff like that i have no clue why <laughs> it's definitely it's not that good it's not game of the year good it's a really really good game though it is really good it's just game of the year, getting it a perfect 10. Like, app, I do not see it. I do not see it. But it is a very finely crafted game. I was, yeah. it took, it takes about, it's also short. It only takes about like five hours to get through. Okay. Um, and it, and it is worth going through for that five hours. It is definitely worth its, uh, its time and money. I got it when it was on sale, I think for like 10 or, 13 or 14 bucks. It's definitely well worth that. Uh, it's well worth the full price, too. It is an excellent experience. I- I'm The only reason why I'm taking it down a notch is because it was where I perceived it to be was at the highest tier of notches, which is like game of the year type material. And for indie game of the year, yeah, I'd have to reassess what indie games came out at the same time. But I would kind of agree indie game of the year. But to just be overall game of the year, absolutely not. You're such a you're 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 such yeah, a I harsh know. critic. I know, I know. <laughs> I, ap- 
apologize. Like the game is absolutely solid. I really did enjoy it. There's a lot of questions I have. It's uh, this is this is Johnny Scale. Oh, it's a solid. The narrative is perfect. The sound design is phenomenal. Six out of ten. Uh, I would I would give that game probably a solid nine out of ten. Just straight up nine out of that, ten. That's no pretty point. dang good. It, it is. It is a really good game. All right, and then the last game, which I played and beat in like three sittings. Wow. His Rising Hell, which is very new. Um, yeah. Uh, got the code, played it, did, so, did a little video record. Yep, and, on, on the YouTube, yep. Yeah, and played a little more and ended up beating it. And it's a roguelike. It's kind of like Hades, except without story whatsoever. It's more arcadey, which I really like the fact that it's very quick easy just go in the the sessions are pretty short very arcadey it's fast-paced combat as well and you're always going up Uh, and you can never go back down uh if there are like platform you know those platforms where you can jump up through Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you like on that platform, we tap down, you go through it. You can't. This one doesn't have that. So it just prevents you from going down. So you're always going up, always going up. uh, And you're defeating enemies and you're combo chaining and um, you're collecting their, uh, I forgot what it was called, like red, red gems or red shards or blood or something like that. Yeah, it's red. Something red. Yeah, something red. You're collecting that and then you're spending it at the end of every level or sometimes you're, there's a merchant that randomly appears and you'll spend it to get boons. Um, I forgot what the boons are called. Talents. Uh, they might be called talents or something like that. That give you like, you know, 50% more damage when such and such happens. Stuff like that. And you just go through and each there's, uh, I don't know, like four to six levels per world or per stage or whatever. Um, or because you're going up this tower. And at the very top of the tower is the boss. And there's only three biomes to the tower. And at the end of every biome, there's a major arch demon that you're going to fight. And there's four arch demons in total. The fourth biome is just straight to the boss. There's nothing. There's no like levels in between. So it's really just three biomes, three like worlds, pieces of the tower or whatever. Floors. They're more than floors. Um, and then a boss at an archdemon at each one. There's always going to be a mini boss in between each of those as well. So there's three mini bosses, three uh, major bosses, and then the final boss, which is also an archdemon type thing. So you can go through the game and beat it in less than an hour. Uh, but that's not going to happen because you're going to fail a few times. But I didn't really fail all that often. I didn't I didn't even come close to unlocking everything because the the long term currency that you get as you're completing it uh, is called blight. And you use that to like unlock extra stuff, which is not necessary at all. Mm. It's nothing that makes your runs better. It's just things that give you a different option. Uh, I think they're called artifacts. I forgot what they're or relics it might be called relics. Uh, they give you different slightly different play styles, slightly different things to worry about as you're playing. Uh, there's also a long-term progress bar, and that, I think that does give you s- something substantial, but I only I beat it at, like, level 6, and the thing goes up to, like, 
level 30 or 40. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I like beat it way sooner than I guess expected or whatever. The game is challenging, but it's not super challenging. And there's even a checkbox for um, like, like an easy mode checkbox. I didn't really? use it. I didn't know. Are you sure? Why. Yeah, there is. It's I forgot what it's called. Oh, um, are you sure you didn't check the box? I did not check the box. I'm telling you <laughs> right now. I did not because the, if you check the box, it allows you to die three times. Oh, okay. So I, I didn't check the box because you just die and that's it. You have to start a new run again. Um, and then when you beat the game, every time you beat it, the there's this thing called agony, and you gain an agony level. And so you can play the game again at a higher agony level, and that adds extra difficulty things. It, okay. it mixes it up, so that way every time you're playing it, it doesn't change it up. So gotcha. I beat it, and then I, I was like, oh, maybe I got a really good run. So I just started a new run immediately after beating it, and right. I ended up beating it again. <laughs> and I'm like, I just beat the game twice. Uh in a row i think i'm done so <laughs> i i got to because uh there's a demo available on the eShop. i played the demo and uh there was a particular room that i was caught in or floor or biome or whatever you want to call it and the floor kept raising it was like spikes so you yeah. you had you had to go up and go up rather quickly um but yeah there, there was there was um there's it's a very metal heavy metal soundtrack or very metal feeling you know what i mean yeah. The soundtrack's great. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The artwork's great too. Yeah, pixel art's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah I I beat it also on my first run on the demo, uh, or I beat the demo fairly fairly easy. How how far does the demo get you? It gets you to the first boss pretty much. First boss. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe doing those agony runs uh, is is kind of where the difficulty or the challenge is. That first run is just to really get a taste of the game. And then, really, the difficulty will spike up. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Not really. Cause I I beat the second time at Agony Two, uh, and then I unlocked Agony Three, and eh, it's eh. Yeah. I guess I suppose. But then there's a long term sort of uh bonuses that you can gain that you oh. unlock, right? Okay. Which I, I I like. I said I beat it at like level six or whatever on the long time long term progress bar, and every level get you something it unlocks something or gives you some sort of passive increase so i think if you increase your agony you're gonna also increase your level so those the difficulty increase versus the agony or, or the passives that you unlock will probably balance each other out right more or less plus once you kind of figure out how to play each of the bosses you, you it didn't really change it up so yeah yeah oh okay yeah it's, kinda... it's Kind of disappointing, uh, uh, really. Uh, well, you know, the game. It was surprising when they were charging ten bucks for the game, right? Yep, it is. Yep, it's, it is ten dollars. Yep. So for the price, I was wondering why it was just ten bucks. It must. I thought it might have been really short because of that price point, and it is really short. But yeah. it is a very well executed, short, fun little uh, roguelike romp. It's not excellent and going to get like major high praise or anything like that but it is pretty well execu executed uh kind of throughout right great art great music mm -hmm. uh the gameplays are relatively solid very simple but yeah. 
but it, it works. There wasn't any major bugs or glitchy things. It, there was some bugs and glitchy things, but there wasn't anything major that broke the game for me or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would say it would be worth someone's time uh, if they're into sort of heavy metal and arcadey roguelikes. It w- there is something there. Yeah. Cool. So that's what I've been playing. What have you been playing? Oh my, I, I thought you'd never ask. Um, I did finish a game uh, called Rise Eterna uh, by Forever Entertainment. I think they're the publisher. And um, it's, it's a pixel art game. It's very much reminiscent of the early, early Fire Emblem games, but not nearly complex or uh, in-depth as, as them. There were points in time where I was just hoping for things to happen, like more ranged characters um in the party and that never happened um the 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 party selection is very um there there are a lot of them um like you can have up to six in your party and uh most of them if not all of them i think there was one ranged character which is really kind of disappointing and he was an archer and and i had gotten my archer so strong that I would, I was killing enemies before they even reached my melee guys, so um, it became very easy mode once my archer was um, was kind of in play or maxed out. Uh, so yeah, you, you talked about that game um, a bit ago, mm-hmm. and you said that the number of different, I guess, interactions or or abilities you could use it was mostly just attacking. Just attacking, and, yeah. There's there's no special skills. Yeah, use an item, special skills, unlock a door, unlock a chest. Very, very basic, and I, and I wanted more. I wanted like a special abilities. There were some. There were some. Um, I want to say there were buffs, but not. They call it support. But support the support feature. Basically, an enemy has to be adjacent to one another, or I mean, uh, your two characters have to be uh, adjacent. But support skills and and whatever it is the support means is never fully explained in the game so there are buffs you can or as you're leveling up you can improve your support skills but you don't even know what you're improving you have no clue so and that's not written anywhere in the game so the i i really wanted more of this because i i like the old old school style fire emblem type game and it's very very yeah. reminiscent of that it's just it's just not there it's just not there uh, yeah but I, it 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 looks like it's a fire emblem meets a tactics game but using yeah. it's like a tactics game but using fire emblem mechanic the simple early yeah. fire emblem mechanics yeah because you definitely don't have uh like a troop or a group of uh within a within a, a character like Fire Emblem does, it's just you know they're solo players or solo characters. Well, Fire Emblem doesn't have troops within characters; only the newest one does. The newer ones, okay. Um, so yeah, it definitely doesn't have that um, in terms of what Fire Emblem does. But yeah, it just falls short on a f- on a few th- on a few things. And, and I think what what's going to initially grab people is that you know is that it looks like early Fire Emblem games, and it's yeah. just. It's just not. It's just not there. Um, music, it, it, music is okay. Uh, kind of generic at some points. Um, the writing is is kind of. It feels like there's there 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 are two different stories being told. If you follow, I don't want to ruin anything. Just in case someone wants to play it, um, like two different stories being told. There are there are points in the story where you're rescuing your sisters, 
uh, or you're finding your sisters and you find it's the same. It's the same for all the sisters. They're, they're holed up in a town and the people in the village uh, want to protect the sister for unknown reasons and still unknown reasons. <laughs> um, and you have to uh, totally annihilate the town of villagers. And these are people like just wielding pitchforks and like shovels. <laughs> like you totally just annihilate the town. And, and I, I kind of felt bad. I'm like, like the story's not leading me to want to do this, like no motivation for this. So I was just wondering why I was totally wiping it, these people out. It didn't explain at all. No. Hmm. Uh, so it, it was, you know, it, it it needed further expansion in certain aspects of the game. Um, I if you're if you're a tactics really mega fan, um, but just the story is just and you're not big on story. I, I don't know. I'd hold off on this one. It's just the the gameplay itself is is just okay. Uh, there are traps on like because you're set up on tiles, right? Just like the older Fire Emblems, and there are traps littered throughout. There's no way to detect these traps. You just run into them as you're as you're walking. There's like no trap sensibilities or anything of that nature. There's no characters that have certain trap like higher trap sat sensing. Uh, so you run into these these traps that will either you know uh, make you bleed, they'll put poison on you. Um, I think there's one other uh, status condition. And, and these traps are just randomly everywhere. Uh, so you're just constantly running into them, having to hit yourself of these conditions. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I would personally, I would hold off. Uh, there's probably, there's gotta be some other, there's gotta be better, better games out there for you to spend your money on. In my opinion. Oh man. Uh, so I, I finished that. Now I'm, I'm currently playing uh, Luna. Uh, Sentinel of the Shards. It's kind of a uh, top-down isometric uh, Diablo-esque. It's got the you know the tiered loot uh, kind of system. It's based off of a comic book, and I, I don't want to get it wrong, but somewhere in Latin America, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but it's based off of of that, and you know the I'm about halfway through it. I'm about ten hours in, and um. It's not really, the story is very generic. Um, go here, go get that shard, go here, go get that shard. And that's very much in the beginning, so I'm not spoiling anything. Um, so it's really kind of kind of generic. It points you in the direction, you go to get it, go get the thing, go get the other thing, go get the other thing. That's, and kill everything along the way. Yeah, enemies are really kind of sparse. <laughs> and they're very far apart. Uh, the uh, enemy sensing, or like you can basically just getting... If you're a ranged character, which I typically, I am in this one, it just so happens to work this way, that if you get an enemy basically on the outer rim of the screen and you're a ranged character, you can totally kill the enemy without them even ever knowing you're there. Uh, so the enemies just, the wow. they just, you can, the you need better recognition on that. Um, so the, the, their detection or awareness. Yeah, yeah you know. it, it's really kind of poor. Um, and then they, you know, I, I, not that this is a bad thing. Cause there's a lot of games that do it. Like if you're in a, in combat with an enemy and you just run far enough away where they, they just go right back to where they were, they do not heal. They don't regenerate their health. You go back to them and their health is at the same level you, it was, uh, um, yeah. the, uh, the skills are kind of, 
they they need work. It kind of works in three different trees. So you have your your melee um, skill tree, you have your ranged skill tree, and they and then you have your magic skill tree. Um, I don't know. It, it does the kind of like the the basic kind of stuff. You know, increase critical hit, critical damage. At first, you need to unlock your skills, so you're unlocking skills um, at first with your X B all all those all the different face buttons. Uh, that's generally how they they want or wanting you to play it right or unlock your skill tree. Uh, so you're getting all these new skills, and then you're unlocking your multipliers and and whatnot. Again, kind of typical RPG kind of stuff. Uh, so there's that aspect of it, but again, um, the frame rate is, is really, I'm not one, again, if you've, if you've listened to me at all in this podcast, I am not a frame rate snob. I really am not, but there's something with this game. It, it almost, it almost looks like they're going in slow motion. Um, but they're not. I, I don't know what it is. I, I feel like it's the frame rate and it's almost, it almost makes me nauseous at times. I think it's, it's the combination of that and how close I am sitting to my screen where it, it, it almost makes me motion sick. I'm yeah, not, I'm not sure what it is, but it's the frame rate. If you're getting motion sick and stuff like that, yeah, it's gotta be the frame rate. Yeah. So I, I honestly, I don't know how long I can play it because of that. It, it's just kind of, it's, it's making me physically ill. It's just making me, making me kind of dizzy. And I think it's a combination of me kind of sitting too close to my my playing playing uh, the view, um, but again, that's just the only way I can do it. So I I don't know. I think I might be I might be done on that. I might have to call that one kind of short. Um, I I just think there's there's might be better stuff out there that to take up my time. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a Luna Sentinel of the Shards. I was really excited to play this because again, it has that uh, tiered loot. And it does that pretty good. It's got a lot of really uh, a diverse set of of weapons. Um, there's a lot of different melee weapons, a lot of different range weapons, and and kind of your staffs and stuff for your for magic type of stuff. Uh, so it's got a really kind of diverse thing. It's a diversity in in that. But I don't know. It it, it just kind of misses mix, misses the ARPG mark for me. I'd hold off. I am looking forward to a few things. There's a couple of games that I want to get. One is uh, Pathway. Uh, this is this would I think be right up your alley, actually. Oh yeah. Um, this is a Chucklefish game. It's set up in the um, I want to say it's in the 40s. I think. Um, supposedly, like it's like during World War Two. But it's a kind of your tactics type of type of game. This is recently released as well. Um, another game that I'm surprised you didn't mention it. I think you kind of wanted to mention because you're the one who brought it up to me, uh, was Griftlands. And you had mentioned this, that it was coming out of early access. Uh, so I'm like, all right, it's on steam. You know, if anything, consoles won't see it for a while. And then the switch won't see it for like another while, uh, early access ended like last, not even last week. And this is coming out on the fourth on the switch on all the consoles, actually. Yep. So we'll be getting to play this. I know I, I I am really thinking about getting it. It's and I don't know if we went into detail as to what it is, but it's kind of like a deck building roguelike turn based battle card battle game. Uh, and uh, the art and the artwork looks really really more cool. Than just that, though. Yeah 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 no definitely more than just that. But I mean at its core right it's it's your it's your turn based card battle right. Am I wrong in that? Uh yes. I am wrong in that. No, 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 no. You're, you're right on 
it is those things. Yeah, and and it's got like relationships, and, and it's it's got like a ton of things. It's really kind of um, packed with with stuff. Yeah, um, I, I think one of the big takeaways is it's I guess it's dialogue system will create very different and meaningful uh, consequences to your decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that is coming out on the, on the fourth. So I'm kind of, uh, kind of happy about that. Now, another game, I, again, I do like my ARPGs, my action RPGs is dark Alliance. The, um, the, the newest one that, that came out, I think it's Baldur's gate, dark Alliance. Yep. Baldur's gate. Yep. And, um, I was really hoping I'm going to be kind of a, uh, uh, you know, uh, a snob here. I was hoping for a review code uh, because it is it is thirty dollars, and I'm I'm just at the point right now where I'm like I'm kind of don't want to be spending money right now, and um I was hoping to get a review code, but they've been ignoring me for like a month. Like I was in it to win it. I was with them from the very beginning, before the delay, after their delay, and they've ignored me. And I'm and I know I'm not the only one. They've been they've. Not ignored, but I mean, I'm sure they're probably very busy. Um, but I know I'm not the only one. Up. It might have been held up because of the uh, the development issues that they had with the Switch version. Yeah, yeah. So I, maybe, I mean, but the game's out now. I mean, there's just yeah. there's uh, there's no excuse at this point. At this point, I could just I could just buy it, but and I may do that. I may do that. That is, uh, those are kind of the three games I really kind of, I'm looking forward to maybe getting in the near future, uh, but there's a, there's a lot going on. Let's, let's get into the news. Holy cow. We've been in this for almost 40 minutes and we have not even gotten into the news section. Uh, let's, oh let's get into this quick. As we discussed, Grifflands exits early access on PC releases on the PlayStation 4, Xbox One and Nintendo Switch on June 4th. We've kind of just went over that. Um, Metal Max Xeno Reborn is coming to the Nintendo Switch, excuse me, next year in the West. Um, are you, uh, familiar with the Metal Max series? Uh, no, I'm not. I did look at it, uh, briefly, Mm -hmm. and I guess you're, it's like a tank RPG. Yeah. Apocalyptic tank RPG type thing. Right. It's weird. It's got the JRPG tag on it, which is also weird. I don't know if it's turn-based or real-time combat. It looks um, like it, it is real, real-time, real but again, I'm not very familiar with the Metal Max series. So, yeah. I, I don't know. But, I, I don't know either, but it is uh, it is something that's that came out of nowhere, kind of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, next, then we have uh, Nino Kuni Two. This was finally confirmed. We had gone over a rumor that it was uh, rated uh, by the ESRB. It's now confirmed that it's coming out September seventeenth, and um, this is the Prince's Edition that is coming out. So it's c- including all the DLC and uh, and whatnot. So um, I, th- there are two different camps, right? Some prefer Nino Kuni One, Nino Kuni, and some prefer Nino Kuni Two. Some like the story in Nino Kuni One. Some like the combat in Nino Kuni Two. So if they could just blend those two aspects together and make a new Nino Kuni 3, that'd be great. All right, Monster Hunter Rise version 3.0 update available now. New trailer uh, for the Monster Hunter Stories also was revealed. This They've been just, I mean, I feel like we can do an episode every single time and include Monster Hunter news. This game is just constantly getting update 
after update after update. What's uh what's new? Did we go? We did go over what was coming in the version three point Did we not last time? No, we didn't. Um, I mean, it's a smaller package than what came out in the two point update, but it's still pretty substantial. It's at least one new big monster, which was uh, Valstrax. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's new iteration, new takes on existing monsters, uh, new Apex versions that are also available to combat. Uh, there's a, some new armor sets, some new weapon sets, uh, skills to go along with it. Uh, the Rampage weapons have, you can cosmetically uh, change them up so that, so that they look like something else. Uh, and there is the, uh, there's new quests and uh, galore across the board, all the different sort of variants of the questing, as well as a definitive ending quest. Uh, right. or, or urgent uh it, it might be a series of quests i i don't know because i haven't actually fired up the 3.0 update uh but there is a definitive end another credit roll uh to give uh resolution to that and officially close bookend the uh the monster hunter rise uh game unless 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 they also announced that there is a roadmap for future updates that are going to come out for Monster Hunter. Yeah, I, I think you'll probably see that just before Monster Hunter Stories comes out. Um, yep. I, I think that's you'll you'll be seeing that closer to then um, because these two they they're they're integrating them a little bit more. You got costumes from one, you know, from each each title, uh, things of that nature. You got monsters coming in from each each thing as well. So I think um I think that's what they're waiting for. They're they're waiting for I think the Hunts, Monster Hunter Stories 2 comes out. When is that? The end of July? Uh let's see here. Mid June. No, beginning of June. Beginning of no, we're, in, we're in June. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Um, July 9th. So beginning July of 9th. July. Yes. It's coming out. So go. yeah, I think maybe around the beginning of like July 1st or the end of this month, you'll start seeing a roadmap to whether it's 4.0 or whatever, uh, if they're no, offering. They, they released it. 4.0? No, no, the, the roadmap. Oh, they did. So, I yeah, yeah. So, so what the roadmap is, uh, it's going to be updated to version 3.1. Okay. Somewhere in mid June, which is middle of this month and right. end of June. So what's coming right. out uh, mid this month is the layered armor from Monster Hunter Stories, um, and uh, some for the end of June. There's some DLC uh, content and events, but that's the big take is the 3.1 version update, which means it's not a 4.0, right? This is all of these updates are going to be smaller than what you would normally expect. Right. So then, in July, mm-hmm. the end of July, there's going to be a 3.2 update, which is more DLC, the second version of the Capcom collaboration. So it's more crossover between Monster, my guess, more crossover between Monster Hunter Stories 2 and Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, there'll be some additional event quests, but the event quests aren't, they're they're just additional quests. They're not going to be major things. So I, I wouldn't look to those to be major. Uh, um, like for example, a new monster. I, I wouldn't expect a new monster to be introduced during the event quest. 
The DLC, once again, probably will be lucky if it introduces a new monster. Uh, I doubt it will. So, uh, and then at the end of August is version 3.3 update, uh, which is the final, essentially the final collab, as far as we know, uh, the Capcom collab three, some more DLC and more event quests. So none of them mention any new monsters. Uh, none of them mention new gear or weapons or anything like that. So it's going to be mostly like event quests and probably like, uh, I don't know, cosmetic yeah. deal type stuff. I think so. I think once once uh, Monster Hunter Stories Two comes out, they'll be they'll add more to this roadmap. Uh, maybe what I think they're doing now, now that uh, the 3.0 update is done, they're either prepping for a substantial close to the end of year, kind of like a reminder update before like the game of the year nominees and stuff like that get assessed. Mm -hmm. Some sort of like 4.0 update, perhaps in like uh, October or November, or they are just doing up to version 3.3. Give or take, maybe they'll do a 3.4 or something like that. Uh, but keeping each of these updates just a little minor. And then uh, early next year, they drop uh, the announcement of some Monster Hunter Rise Iceborne Edition or whatever it is, Volcano Born. Oh, throw an Iceborne Edition in there. Yeah, Fireborn. There we go. That's <laughs> what I should say. Fireborn. Monster Hunter Rise Fireborn. It just works. It just works. Yeah. Like I said, we, we could talk Monster Hunter every single week. There's always something uh, going on. Um, all right, so next we have Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity Expansion Pass bonus uh, is the Ancient Armor and or Sword. I can't really imagine, unless you're you're new coming into this, I can't imagine replaying this or even continuing uh, to complete that map. There, there was just... There was just way, 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 way too much. Um, so I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the new, the new expansion or whatever it is they're doing will bring people back. But uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I, so they, they do say, say what the uh, wave one and wave two mm -hmm. is over here. It, it just none of it looks exciting. No, uh, Wave 1 available June 2021, so it's coming out uh, very shortly. Expanded They'll roster... At, uh, at E3 right. during the presentation. Uh, yeah. Expanded roster, newly added weapons, new challenges in the Royal Ancient Lab, newly added challenging enemies. Like, oh, none God. of those things. Other than the new enemies, uh, none of those... I mean, the expanded roster, maybe, but right. even that like eh? i think that was that was that could potentially be one of the things that kind of hurt hyrule warriors were the the variety of enemies maybe yeah well so, the variety and and also the similarity of what was already there because yeah engaging one enemy is kind of the same as engaging pretty much all the others right so again new newly added um challenging enemies um, and then Wave 2, November 2021, new character vignettes, newly added stages, expanded roster, new battle skills for existing characters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's obviously a bigger bigger add-on, but still, I don't know. I, I, this is great for players that are just going into it. This is excellent for them because they're going in at it and they have a lot of added content. Granted, they're paying a little more upfront for it because of the added con uh, cost of getting a DLC. 
But I don't think will this bring players back? I don't know. It's definitely not going to bring players back. I think it might sustain people who are still playing. Yep. Yeah. If you're in the process or or maybe just about to get into it. Because this is not a free update, so it's not going to bring anyone back. If people tapped out of Hyrule Warriors, either they tapped out because they finished it and they were content and done, or they tapped out because it was they they either finished it, didn't finish it because uh, it it would they it kind of got for me it got monotonous. Yeah, yeah, they'd obviously have to buy back into it. So yeah, the buyback in. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. All right, next we have Ubisoft praises sales performance of Immortals Phoenix Rising on the Nintendo Switch. This is actually great news. I love seeing the uh, the um, the sales numbers and then the Nintendo Switch version just kind of dominating that. Uh, yeah. I love seeing that. So Immortals Phoenix Rising, which launched on multiple platforms late last year, was met with favorable reactions from fans and critics alike. The new IP from Ubisoft provided players with a brand new world to traverse. For the most part, it provides an excellent experience on the Nintendo Switch. It seems, though, Ubisoft is particularly happy about its sales performance on the Nintendo's latest console, with Chief Financial Officer Frederick Dujet, maybe? (laughs) D-U-G-U-E-T. I don't know. Highlighting the Switch... Yeah, I'm I'm not going to... I don't want to butcher it anymore. (laughs) Highlighting the Switch platform specifically in the latest financial call that happened last week. Um, So, yeah, uh, the sales are now... um, I I don't actually have the the, the numbers. I would love to see the actual numbers. I might have to click some of these sources. But, yeah, like I said, it's really awesome seeing when a game is multi-platform and they're happy with this because especially with a big publisher develop slash developer like ubisoft that means potentially more third-party support and it means good things for nintendo switch rpg and they're giving it the um the key word in here is they're calling it an evergreen title yeah which is something that usually is only for nintendo titles are evergreen there's very few games just on any console that are evergreen like nintendo titles so the fact that they're calling it an evergreen is a very good sign now what what does the evergreen mean it just keeps selling so normally yeah normally the game's biggest sales in the first week or two of its release and then the uh the sales declines exponentially down uh, so it kind of just like nose dives and then it plateaus very, very low plateau. And it, it might get and it plateaus to a very almost flat lining uh, where it'll get like maybe 100 sales uh, on a weekly basis. And then every now and then, if there's some sort of like big sale or big promotion, marketing push or what have you, it might get a spike. Uh, but the, even the spike doesn't even come close to the initial first sure. two weeks of the first two weeks are always monstrous. Yeah. However, if it's an evergreen, the uh, the fall and sort of that that sharp decline isn't as sharp, and the sort of set level for it to plateau isn't set so low. And when it starts to dip up again and starts to get a steady incline of increasing sales. 
that's when you know you definitively have an evergreen because not only has it uh, plateaued at its bottom, it hit its bottom weeks earlier, Mm -hmm. it's now selling at a better rate than it did a week ago, two weeks ago, et cetera. And what that means is word of mouth uh, yeah. is getting around and and the quality of the game is getting around such that other people are getting enticed to play. Yeah, I was I was going to mention that. I think where this game is really kind of why it's selling is is word of mouth. Um, uh, I, I just I feel like it's one of those games that are constantly getting recommended when you're looking in kind of like, say, our Discord server or even some Facebook groups that I'm a part of. This is typically one, if you're into Breath of the Wild or a lot of open world uh, type of RPGs, this is one that definitely gets recommended by a lot of people. So, yeah, like I said, it's good to see, uh, and it's nice to see some third-party support and praise. Um, And this is, I think this was a title that was released multi-platform on the same day, including the Switch, which we haven't been seeing, so that's a good thing. All right, Konami looking to outsource development of older games and back catalog. <laughs> yeah, right. This is this can't be true. <laughs> and and by older, the example they gave was a game called Getsu Fuma Din. My point, freaking exactly. Konami cannot get out of their own way. Like they they don't even look at titles like I don't know, like Castlevania or Suikoden. Uh, Vandal Hearts is is another one that comes to mind. They look at games like Getsu Fumaden. Yeah, Silent Hill, right? Yeah. Well, I was I was sticking with RPGs, but yeah, I yeah. would love to see our Silent Hill. Um, but I wouldn't even trust Konami to pick a right third party developer. So you know, you know what, Konami, just just make your super bomberman R whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm just cross my fingers. If this means that Castlevania and Silent Hill and and uh, uh, Suikoden etc., if this means that like fans that have been chomping at the bit to license to make a license of you know to develop a licensed version of the mm-hmm. game like. Let the fans take the fans will do a way better job than Konami ever will. So sure, just give, yeah. it, give it to yeah. them. And and I and I thought like with the popularity of uh the recent game that was on Kickstarter, um Ayudin Chronicles, uh, which yep. is kind of the spiritual successor of Suikoden, I thought with the success of that, that Konami would see that and potentially want to revive that series. And I don't think so. I just I have no faith in them. I don't think anyone does. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Axiom Verge 2 has been delayed again. Uh, release date now, quarter three, 2021. So potentially fall, Um, you know, I guess maybe July, September. Uh, so I guess there was, an, there was a 25-minute documentary uh, via IGN. So you can take a look at it there. I don't know if this is still being developed by one person. Uh, I... Uh, Tom, Thomas Hap. Yeah, I met the dude. I talked with him, played his game. The game, yeah. the game's excellent, just absolutely excellent. The first one, so I'm totally looking forward to this uh, sequel. I don't know if it's. Uh, he certainly uh, made enough money to hire people to take on yeah. for this, for the second go at it. So we'll find out. I mean, it, it might be easily Googleable to find out if he's flying solo again. I can't imagine he is. Yeah, I, I would think he'd, he'd get some help here. But either way, it is uh, being delayed. 
we didn't get some Pokemon news. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl for the Nintendo Switch coming the 19th of November. Okay. Um, seems seems pretty uh, understandable, but we have Pokemon Legends Arceus or Arceus coming 28th of January. That is really, really coming up quick. And yeah, that's you don't think that's happening. You think it's going to be delayed. Yeah. Um, Un- unless they surprise us at E3 coming up soon or for some other event with updated uh, presentation video of how the game is and runs. Yeah. It's not coming out at the beginning of January next year. No way. Or end of January. Yeah, typically Pokemon handles their own Pokemon um, direct, so I think it's unlikely you'll see this in a Nintendo. I mean, it's it, you could, you, especially with uh, with E three coming up, you could see it in Nintendo Direct, but typically it's it's Pokemon that handles this. And you're right, the last time we saw this, it it did not look that good. I do remember reading somewhere. I don't remember where it was. It could have been on Twitter. It, it, I don't know where it was that the footage they were using was on a very early build. And I think you mentioned it. If it's on a very early build and it looks ugly, don't show it. Yeah. And they did. Uh, and they, they just, they just said, you know what? Send it. And they did. It, it, it did not look the greatest. And, um, you know, I think the, the, the concept is there. I, I'm digging the concept of Pokemon because I really like the fact that they're thinking outside of the box. It's what not concept? there. Well, it's kind of your open. It feels like it's an open world game. It, it's not your, uh, you know. I don't to, know. Is it like they didn't really show much? It it felt like an open world uh, game. <laughs> I, I think your imagination's running wild. Like, I guess like, you're I, right. They needed to show more. It could be open world. Okay. It, Seems like it might be, but we don't really know. There could be, for all we know, there could be some very frustrating invisible walls in in those areas. Sure. Yep. You're right. You're right. I, I guess we'll have time. Will tell. We'll have to. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But hopefully, it looks better. Uh, yeah. But coming out January or the release date or planned release date is January twenty eighth, and that did surprise a lot of people. Yeah, especially this, because you mentioned it the way it looked. Yeah, this is a this is a big deal because we have a two remakes of two major uh, Pokemon games coming out uh, for the holidays this year. This mm-hmm. is Diamond and Pearl, right? Nothing. These are not minuscule Pokemon games, and these are remakes. Uh, they're getting spruced up graphics. Um, I might be using the term remake a little bit too strongly, but it definitely looks better uh, in a, uh, what was it, like the, hey, let's go, Pikachu. It's getting like that kind of level of graphical fidelity to it. So that's a big thing, right? To to bring those Pokemon games to console is a big deal. And and then just, what, two months later? Yeah, a little bit more than two months later. We're going to get a major Pokemon game. The proximity of those two just doesn't make sense. I think they're going to push Pokemon Legends to the next holiday, the holiday season of 2022. Wow. That's like far, far away. It is far, far away, but I think they need to. And I hope they do, unless they show footage otherwise. 
Yeah, well, we'll we'll have to see. Unless they do it um, beginning of their quarter, maybe it'll be March, a March title. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. All right, next we have Atelier Riza and Atelier Riza 2 free costumes are now available. So you will have to download those in a special um, DLC. I, they, I think they're on the eShop. They're free. Uh, I don't know what they look like, but... It it's celebrating its uh, 1 million shipped units um, type of thing. So it's a free okay. update with that. The one costume is called the White Lily of Summer, and the other one's called uh, High Summer Formal. I see it. Yeah, I'm watching them right now. Yeah. I'm actually going to retweet them because I, I totally missed this. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice, happy little free update for yeah. celebrating a major milestone, right? A major now, milestone on a game that no one would expect them to yeah. to sell this much. Uh, try and find in a try finding a physical copy of the original uh, Telier Riza. It's near impossible. Uh, it's very very expensive right now. All right, Rumorland. Rumorland. Former Shimagami Tensei staff to reveal a new title on the tenth of June. So coming up in just over a week. Um, and this is uh, what are they calling it? Let me just pull this up here. A group of former Shimagami Tensei and Megami Tensei developers and music staff have gotten together to create a brand new title, which they are set to unveil on June 10th. The team says that this new school RPG was teased in the latest edition of Japanese gaming magazine, Weekly Famitsu, which is available now. Jamatsu uh, reports that the publisher, developer, and platforms were not announced. So we'll be getting something in just over a week. This is not a rumor. Something is something is happening. Something, yeah. something is happening. Something. Um, they, they got... Is the quotes... Uh, is the quotes... Signifying that new school RPG means it's a school RPG, kind of like Persona. I don't. Or, I'm thinking. Or does the quotes with new school mean it's like it's a new take on RPG? It's I like think it's something a, new. I'm, I'm hoping it means that because typically aren't they turn turn based? So I think when they say new school, they mean a different form of combat. So it could potentially be an action combat oriented game. I don't think so. I think this is going to be a school RPG. Oh. Uh, kind of like Persona. Okay. I think it's going to be something like that. Uh, also, uh, what was that mech game I played um, from Vanillaware that I really, really like? Really good. 13 Sentinels? 13 Sentinels. So yeah. that that would fall under the the realm of... School? Not... not School RPG, not entirely, because you're not really doing any school gameplay mechanics there. But yep. okay, well, time will tell. That will be on June 10th. Um, yeah. All right, another another rumor: Genshin Impact delay due to Switch um, apparently not being able to handle their game. Nintendo oh. Switch owners are still waiting to find out when the entertaining free-to-play action JRPG Genshin Impact will arrive on the system. It's available right now on PlayStation, iOS, Android, and PC, though the Switch version is missing in action. Genshin Leaker, Genshin Report, states that states on Twitter that the development team are having issues due to hardware limitations on the Switch platform. Even on smartphones, you need a decent phone to get it running on the, de on the developer's intended. 
as the developers intended. So I don't know. It's said to um, it says here that the Genshin report says the game is still currently scheduled to arrive later this year. I don't know. Yeah, you you know it. There's been lots of other rumors of hardware that may be up to snuff to run Genshin Impact. It is a good looking game. Yeah. So, but I mean, they kind of buried my point I'm, that I was going to make was that it runs on phones. So, and I have heard, I've spoken to other developers and they state that the Switch's hardware is inferior to some phones that are out there. So this kind of does make some sense to me. Kind, uh, not, kind of. Not by a large degree. I mean, you got to also remember phones are typically three times or four times the price of a Switch. Yeah. So, you know, there, I wouldn't doubt that some phones are running better than the Switch, but I think the big thing is, is they're probably waiting. They probably heard, you know, a year ago or two years ago, or whatever, that there is going to be an inevitable Super Switch Pro, whatever version, a souped up Switch. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they just decided to wait uh, for that release instead of trying to uh, force yeah. something out there and have yeah. it run poorly and exactly. you know yeah they don't want that bad PR and I don't and I don't blame them um, but yeah and and I have I've done an interview with uh, Jason over at um, oh shoot I can't remember the developer's name for Genshin Impact and I reached out to try and get a follow up interview and he just said that they have nothing new to add so unfortunately that is kind of kind of where we're at with that we're just we're just waiting so maybe after e3 we'll have some answers and, and i'm actually hoping that this will be one of their this will be something in the e3 presentation but all right what else do we have bloodstained ritual of the night might be getting a sequel according to some documents uh you seem happy about this oh yeah super happy <laughs> all right digital bros uh, the parent company of 505 Games today listed a corporate overview pre presentation going over the publisher's recent fiscal year. In a slide discussing Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, the presentation originally mentioned a second version in development. The presentation has since been updated to remove the mention of second version. Uh-oh. Uh, so yeah, it's it's basically a slide, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, latest creation of Koji Igarashi, the former's series producer of the Castlevania franchise um, worldwide and kind of it's a bulleted list so it's got a high Metacritic score average uh, more than a million copies sold expected lifetime revenue at 30 million um, and second version in development so yeah. they've, I mean, again they've since removed it <laughs> they've but, it, I can't yeah. imagine it having all that big of a budget development budget mm -hmm. it was very successful on Kickstarter. It, I mean, as as we as you just read, right? It sold over a million units. It's more than a million. we were just praising Atelier Riza, and it took two games for it to sell over a million. And Bloodstained Ritual Night itself sold over a million. Yeah, like a sequel to this game is a no brainer. Everyone wants it. Bloodstained was fantastic. Igarashi is back, and he wants to make more games because he that guy owns an awesome hat and lots of <laughs> <wood>. so. 
<laughs> I will say though that they um they need to find a better porting studio, uh, whomever did it for the Switch, if they're going to do that, uh, because the initial Switch launch was absolutely terrible. So yeah, please, please, should I put that in their bulleted list? Can I add to their list? They they'll get it right. All right, I hope so. They'll, they'll do it right. I really hope so. Um, all right, let's see some Dragon Quest news. There was kind of a, a Dragon Quest presentation. A lot of stuff was was um, announced there, uh, but I'm, we're going to highlight a couple of things. Uh, first being Dragon Quest Twelve, kind of got the Metroid Prime Four treatment. <laughs> if, if, you, if, if you know what I mean. Basically, they they actually I, I'm sorry they actually gave a little bit more information than Metroid Prime Four. Um, so this is on RPGFan.com. Uh, um, Dragon Quest Twelve: Flames of Fate has been announced. It feels like we've been living in an era of Dragon Quest Eleven for years. First released in the PS4, 3DS, and PC in Japan in 2007, the game made its journey overseas in 2018, followed by the worldwide release of Dragon Quest Eleven S Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch and subsequently on other consoles. Uh, you you said 2007. What you meant to say was 2017. 2017. I yes, thank you. Um, one decade later. <laughs> one a whole dec. That's a long time. So yeah, basically what happened was they throughout the Dragon Quest presentation. This was was this their last thing? I think it might have been. They it's essentially just a logo reveal. So that's what I mean when I say the Metroid Prime Four. Uh, treatment. It, it was basically a, a logo reveal, but they did provide a little bit more information, and I'm trying to see if it's in this article. I'm not entirely um, seeing it, but they did mention the fact that it's it's more adult-themed or something to that effect. Uh, um, if we can base it on the logo, it's questionable, because the uh, they did the number Right, the twelve number mm -hmm. in like fire, magma, fire carved into earth. It looks like dark earth, and yep. that definitely looks like something that could be more mature. But then they have the logo of Dragon Quest hovering in front of it, and that looks like a little cartoony, kind of like something that's straight out of Dragon Ball. Well, I that mean, is that is, is that is their logo, but it's just in stone. So they have the same logo. Right. If you look at their entire. Uh, from almost the very it's beginning it's different between the art styles are different between the two okay the foreground dragon i get, I get what you're saying is slightly you know dragon ball-esque anime-esque uh and then the the numbers behind it it looks like it's rendered in a 3d renderer trying to get more realistic on right. the visual side of it yeah. uh so here here it is uh series creator yuri hori himself informed the event audience that this is Dragon Quest uh, aimed at adults with more mature content and need for players to make an important narrative decision that could change the course of the story. What? So I, I'm not sure. It's in that same, that same article that I have linked here. So this, yeah. is, this is basically um, a little bit of change, change for them. So I don't know. I don't know if that's in terms of art style. Uh, I would think so. Um, but again, definitely in some of the decisions you're making in here, this game is very far away. Uh, I don't think we're even close to seeing gameplay at this point. But those words have me excited. Yeah. 
Dragon Quest series trademark command-based battle system will be going through major changes already added. So even the battle system is going to get tweaked here. Oh, no way. No yeah. way. There's, There's the, no way they're going to change Dragon Quest. I don't believe it. <laughs> That's what he said. I don't believe it. They, they, they said it, not me. The game that never changes, and they're claiming they're going to change it. No way. I don't believe it. Well, if they do that. That's the big deal. That's beyond a big deal. <laughs> oh, it is a it is a very big deal. They're making it for adults, and they're changing the battle system. Well, if that you, is like blow your mind, that if, doesn't happen in Dragon Quest, right? But if you watch the presentation, there were there were a lot of games geared towards a younger audience there. So yeah, I, I think they have they have them covered. But again, this is definitely a change from what they normally do. So. Uh, one one good change, uh, big change, Dragon Quest Three HD 2D remake announced with a planned worldwide release. So this is not just going to the you know the West and or East, then coming to the West. It's none of that. It's, this is everybody's getting it at the same time. Um, everybody gets their piece of the pie. Uh, during today's today's Dragon Quest 35th anniversary special live stream, Square Enix announced a surprising new Dragon Quest Three remake, aptly titled Dragon Quest Three HD 2D remake. As detailed in the title itself, this upcoming reimagining appears to utilize the same engine art style as Octopath Traveler and the upcoming Project Triangle Strategy. What a name. I love it. Uh, it arguably became the surprise of the show despite being sandwiched between the expected light tease of Dragon Quest XII and the resurfacing of the newly titled Dragon Quest Treasures. Uh, we're not going to go into detail with Dragon Quest Treasures, but I mean... It's a spin-off. Yeah, so we're we're talking HD two D. This is the game that we kind of we apply this to like everything, right? Oh, oh, I'd love to see this game, but in HD two D. So yeah, they are uh they're going in it to win it with here. They kind of own that that trademark. Is that what it's called? HD two D. So they they can pretty much do it. They can call yeah, it. They, they, yeah, they coined it that term. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean. You have other games doing it at this point. It's just, uh, it's just cut on uh, that graphical art style. Those are all uh, Square games. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and like I said, we 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 seem to you know pin that on every uh, remake. Like, oh, I want to see Final Fantasy VI, but in this art style. Of course, why why wouldn't we, right? So uh, during the stream, Dragon Quest boss Yuji Hori made joking, candid comments about possible re-release of Dragon Quest One and Two in a similar style, but those have not been actually announced. So there are plans of them redoing this in in the same style for Dragon Quest One and Two. And again, this is a worldwide release, so everybody going to be getting this. Yeah, and this is a this is a full blown remake. Because yeah. this is this is not uh, they say here, right? Dragon Quest Three was released on the NES back in eighty eight, nineteen eighty eight. Oh man, don't you wish you can go back in time? <laughs> no, 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 not, right. not during those times for an RPG. Oh no, uh, and just just by remaking it, especially in this engine, which takes two, yeah, there's a lot of two D sprites here and there, but it's in a three D world. That is a big change. This is going to be a substantial remake yeah. and overall of the game. I'm hoping they also touch up the gameplay. Uh, I think they obviously have to. 
but it's Dragon Quest, and I'm going to hold my breath and then release it because, yeah, don't hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, what they were showing looks looks really, really good, so I, I think I think it'll be fine. It looks beautiful. It looks very cool. All right. So, yeah, Dragon Quest three. Uh, right. Now, um, we're going to get into a little bit of hardware stuff. I, I think we're going to be seeing stuff coming out very soon with information on this. Maybe even actually seeing this, in not in stores, but on the storefronts. Uh, Bloom, Bloomberg uh, reports upgraded Switch model announcement imminent. Uh, console launching September slash October 2021. That is coming up really, really fast. And that's what really surprised me because especially with all the chip shortages and, and all that stuff, for them to keep up with stuff like this, I don't know. I don't know. Um, as a big gaming of industry event approaches, we're just talking about E3, Bloomberg is reporting that the news of an upgraded Nintendo Switch console is about to drop. The publication is stating, thanks to sources familiar with the matter, Nintendo will be assembling the new model as early as July. Um, and the improved console is set to hit shelves between September and October of this year. Interestingly, it is also mentioned that the new Switch Pro is set to supersede the current original model at some point, and we can expect the Switch, to, we know, to be eventually phased out, uh, which I guess kind of makes sense. They wouldn't want the old ones um, kind of just sitting around for no reason. But yeah, we, we've gone over this with a lot of different rumors, you know, OLED screens, uh, 4K capabilities, not rendering, but, you know, output 4K, uh, that's that sort of stuff. Um, I just honestly, OLED is nice. I'm not a handheld player, so it doesn't really affect me. Uh, 4K, I do play in my my screen. Again, 4K is nice. I just want it 1080. OK, give me a solid frame rate, 1080, no problems running smooth. I'm happy if they can do that. I think they got themselves a customer here. Um, but OLED, again, a nice feature. Definitely a nice feature. That's not what's going to sell me. I guess. A bigger screen? Slightly bigger screen, yeah, right? Sli yeah, slightly bigger bigger screen. But again, I'm not, I'm not a handheld player. That's uh, just, well, that's just it, me. I mean, I, I constantly switch between... Uh, I, I am the hybrid player. I, I mean, the Switch was made for me. I, I use it handheld. I use it uh, docked. Um, I prefer docked, but mm -hmm. when that, just having that capability to do handheld uh, on demand is really, really good. Right. And some games play really perfectly fine. The only issue that's actually holding me back on the handheld side is the silly Joy-Con drift. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> it is a problem. Yes, it is. Now there are uh, there, there's uh, we we said this earlier off off air where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's there's the fire here. So there's a whole lot of smoke because there there is multiple sources backing these up. I don't think we need to touch on any of these sources. I mean. Uh, Eurogamer, Amazon listings, uh, other people in uh, in the industry that's fairly credible, all sort of come into the same universal agreement that in a announcement of the Switch, Super Switch, Switch Pro, whatever it's going to be called, uh, is eminent. Uh, one big thing that is kind of new that we haven't heard before is the fact that the new dock that comes with this updated switch could potentially have an Ethernet adapter built into it. 
Thank That's you. That's a big deal. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I I have a you know I have like this dongle that I just use, right? It works. It works fine. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, have the same USB dongle too. Yeah. So again, having that built in, yeah, why not, right? Yep. Um, I, I'm sorry. Other things that I would love for this to happen: Bluetooth audio. That that would be that would be another another thing. Uh, that would be kind of great. I would probably play a little bit more handheld if it had Bluetooth. That way, I could just have a headset on and and play. But yeah, or, or chat even. Uh, you know, wireless chat. You know, that would be that would be awesome. Instead of the phone app the that phone. they updated to whatever it is, eleven point or whatever. Oh, you have you you have that app? No, I don't use it. <laughs> of course, I don't. That thing is garbage. Oh, it's absolutely garbage. I mean, it. granted, the, the the Switch doesn't have many doesn't have many games that utilizes chat, but I mean, it'd be nice for the games that it does to be able to just party up and chat. You know. Especially in RPGs, I feel like some of that's important. A lot of the, uh, you know, Fortnites and all these other games, the free-to-play games, Rocket Leagues, things like that. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I guess the big sort of uh, this all makes sense, right? The fire of the smoke mm-hmm. on all this is the fact that just E3, new games are going to get announced. There's the potential, and it's, this is in some of the, the rumors out there, that some of these new games that are going to get announced for the switch can't run on the existing switch or the footage that's going to be shown is running on the updated switch. So right. uh, either they're going to announce the new switch sometime bef- between now and E3, or they're going to announce it. Pr- if they do announce it at E3, it's got to be at the very start of the show because then they'll follow it with right. by the way here's the updated here's the new visuals of the new game announcements right. that are going to run on the, the whatever the new switch is. All right, let's just assume this thing's happening, right? What are we calling it? What do you want it to be called? Uh new. I think the new thing is what they're going to do cuz it's they've used it so many times before across multiple consoles, right? They used it for the DS, mm-hmm. the 3DS, and the Switch is pretty handheld to me, so they might use it again for the Switch. Man, that Super Switch really kind of just makes me reminisce and um, reminds me of the best console that Nintendo's ever made, the Super Nintendo. So so that's my guess on what they're going to call it, mm-hmm. according to information that everyone collectively knows. But me, knowing Nintendo and how unpredictable they are, I think they're going to come up with a name. They'll still have Switch in the title somewhere, but they'll call it something else that no one ever even thought of. Switch NX. What, what, that was their uh, project name before, right? Uh, NX. Yeah. No, I think the NX was um, something else. Was that the Switch? Yeah, it was a Switch. It wasn't like Cafe or something like that? Nope. It was NX. Project- Cafe. No. <laughs> Project Cafe. Yeah. No, it was NX. What? Google it. Look at Google this. It. I'm looking at a Eurogamer.net. Nintendo NX is a portable console with detachable controllers. Okay. Yeah, it was the I NX. One, the NX was PlayStation's new console, new no. handheld. No, uh, Nintendo had NX. Um, Xbox had Scorpio, Project Scorpio. All right. And what is Project Cafe? Because Project Cafe was something. 
<laughs> I think you're making it up. It's fine. It's fine. No. It's cool. Project Cafe was totally something. It was nothing. How's your Google your Google machine working for you? Uh, apparently not. Let me just do Project Cafe Nintendo. Nothing. And that was something. Ah! Aha! Uh-huh. The Wii U. Oh my gosh. You want to talk about going back in time. Let's, let's go Wii back to you Project Cafe. Let's go to that forgettable console. Anyway, uh, moving on to our final topic here. Nintendo's E3 2021. They finally announced this actually today, uh, June 2nd. Um, it's going to be taking place Tuesday, June 15th, and it's 40 minutes long, and it's going to be focused exclusively on um, Switch games, mainly... This is weird that the way they, they put it, right? Uh, so tune in at eight nine um, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for a Nintendo Direct presentation featuring roughly 40 minutes of information focused exclusively on Nintendo Switch games, mainly releasing in 2021. Immediately following the Direct, you're going to have your, your, your treehouse that they typically do, your treehouse live. So, yeah, mostly 2021 games, which is a that I think is I mean, they've said that that before, but I think that's a big deal, right? There's six months left, so they have a lot to pack in here for games that are coming out in the six months. So you're seeing all the games that were delayed for this past year. They're coming out. This is great stuff. Great, great stuff. There, There is a fairly substantial gap for stuff coming out this year. Now, now we do have a lot of stuff that we know that's coming up this year. I'd say we're in a better spot of knowing what is potentially coming up this year than what we did sort of this time last year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, you know, they, there's definitely, as I said, there's still more that they need to announce because there's gaping holes uh, for that, that these announcements are, we're expecting to fill up. So. Mm-hmm. Right. In terms of what Nintendo has to offer uh, for games coming up, you'll have uh, Mario Golf. I think that's obviously that's a Nintendo um, exclusive. You have some yep. Pokemons coming up, which we did discuss earlier today. I'm yep. trying to think of anything else uh, Nintendo has coming. Yeah. Up. I don't think this. <laughs> they got nothing. They got nothing. Yeah. There, there are anniversaries that they are grossly uh mishandling um mishandling or just ignoring or i don't even know what they're doing with it one is being ignored the other one's being mishandled when you say metroid is being ignored yeah or zelda is being ignored uh, zelda's being mishandled metroid's being ignored yeah yeah i i think i i think you're right there uh zelda does have skyward sword uh coming out um no. And it's got DLC, and yeah. it's got uh, the, was it Joy-Cons, or unique Joy-Cons? Joy-Cons, Amiibo, it's got... Console. Yeah, it's getting a lot of stuff. Yeah. Zelda's, I mean, it's not what you would want, but at that's, least it's getting that's something. How, that's how we're going to celebrate the 35th anniversary. Listen, I think for E3, you're going to see, they're going to they're gonna fix our problem. They're going to fix the Zelda problem. Uh, I think... I think that's what we're probably going to get for Zelda. The only the only thing I could see them adding to it is Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah, and, yeah. And if they do that, oh man, oh man, we were it's good times. Zelda is no longer mishandled. Zelda was handled exactly how they needed it to be. And where's Metroid? 
Yeah, where's Metroid? You you maybe we'll see some Metroid stuff. We'll see some remakes of that or potentially remakes or ports of some Zelda titles. I think I think we're gonna see something. We're gonna we have to, right? Brand new Zelda uh Metroid game. That's what I want. Side scroller? Uh they could do it however they want. I'm even down for Metroid other M's uh you know, that that form of hybrid gameplay. Okay. Because that was like side scroll and 3d at the same time right 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 yeah i think i think we'll see something i I think they're gonna they're gonna uh catch up here they're gonna they've been waiting for this they're gonna do zelda right i can't speak for metroid this is just boggles my mind that they they have yet to have a metroid game on this you know except for this the online app whatever whatever that is uh I feel you. You know what? You know what? I would totally, totally be willing to say, "Hey, Nintendo, I'm okay with not getting Breath of the Wild two. Bring back F Zero. Oh, get out of here! I will make that sacrifice at the altar. You are right? absolutely out of your ever loving mind. Do it. That is. If Nintendo's you... willing to accept it, I will make that sacrifice. <laughs> Are you listening to yourself? I don't think you can hear yourself. I want F Zero so bad. <laughs> All right, you're not getting F Zero. Go, go, go! Play it on your, uh, on whatever it is you play that game on. All right, let's go over some upcoming RPGs. Uh, it is June second today, um, but we are going to go back in time. Uh, on for June first, we have a game called Stonefly. Stonefly looks pretty interesting. It is. Uh, very late in the announcement, like this was announced day one. All right, it's coming out. It actually looks pretty cool. Uh, the the music in it is pretty cool. It's an action RPG where you could, you, I think you maybe control a robot. Let's uh let's go over the description. He harness the wind and soar through the wilderness of Stonefly. Brilliant but naive inventor Annika Stonefly must recover a lost family heirloom using her smarts and strategy. Um. So yeah, like I said, I think you you're basically you can you you make a mech right yeah and you're enhancing it and changing out parts to it yep yeah so it's like a spider mech yeah or look or a bug mech of some sort mm-hmm. and so it looks pretty interesting are also like bug stuff bugs yeah so yeah that is called it, stonefly it does look interesting it's um 19.99 on the eShop. Next, we have Winds of Change. This is this really looks like a um, kind of a, you're you're seeing a lot of these now. You're seeing these kind of narrative, visual novel RPGs, and that's essentially what this is with anthropomorphic uh, animals, or maybe that look like they were drawn by typical. Uh, the art style looks very reminiscent of what you would see if you look up uh, certain things that... Uh, Let's read the description. Experience yeah. the ultimate furry tale. Uh, let, lead the rebellion to bring peace back to into the land tarnished by unjust and cruel rulers. Delve into fully voiced. That's actually pretty cool. Uh, captivating story accentuated by stunning art and difficult choices and deep relationships. So as I said, experience the ultimate furry tale. Um, so that is the word that he was trying to make up in his mind. Uh, 1999 on the eShop. 
We're moving on. I don't know how to say this next title. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Winds of Change is uh, June 3rd. Uh, also June 3rd. How do you say this? Wicca. Wicca? I, I, I think. I mean, I, I think that's the, the Wiccan Wicca. Okay. That, that, that actually might make sense because you are a witch. You so are a witch. W-I-C-C-E is the way you spell it. Uh, enter the town of death to save the dear daughter. A witch named Wicca uh, was living with her daughter in a house standing in, a, in the deep forest. One day her daughter went on an errand but did not come back even after the sunset on the horizon. So Wicca headed to town to look for her daughter. And this is kind of your platformer, uh, RPG, kind of... Are these chibi peoples? Uh, yeah, they are. S- semi-chibi? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> A slightly different take, but yeah, I'd say chibi enough. Yeah. I- I'd have to look at the gameplay, but it almost reminds me of the... Um, you see, again, you're seeing these a lot with the chibi kind of art style, um, where they're kind of like marionette, that kind of a- animation. Yep. So that it- is what we're seeing there. Gameplay-wise... Gameplay wise, it's it looks like it's Metroidvania esque. There is a uh, interconnected room, interconnected world map thing okay, yep. that you are. It looks like you are exploring. So it's like one big uh, world map of multiple interconnected rooms. So I would say it's giving me a vibes of uh, Salt and Sanctuary. Okay, give me vibes. Uh, Reminiscent of what this one is. So that makes sense. Uh, again, that's June third, and the price. Do you still have that price up? I closed my page. I think it was just over seven bucks. Yep, um, a little over seven bucks. All right, that is U.S. dollars. All right, next we have Chroma Quaternion. Uh, this is a Chemco title, so you played them once, you played them all. Moving on, <laughs> this is um, it's on sale right now at thirteen forty nine. I think it comes. Yeah, it comes out June third. I, again, uh, I hate to say it, but it's a Kemco title, so I really do feel that way. I, I know the people that like Kemco games will disagree, or maybe they won't. I don't know. Uh, let me just read the quick description here. Quest around four kingdoms colored by seasons in a world with four kingdoms, each colored by a season, where roles are granted by the quadentities. Uh, strange happenings uh, suddenly threaten the peace there. A quest begins to find each one's calling in the intrigued fate and journey through the kingdoms to get to the bottom of the mystery. I will say narratively, Kemco games aren't, that's not where the problem lies. The problem lies is that they all are the same. All right. Next we have, uh, we've mentioned before Griftlands. This comes out June 4th and um, is it, it's still not purchasable. I'm trying to see, I'm trying to see. It's, it's not purchasable. Purchasable. All right. This is a uh, deck building role like where you fight and negotiate your way through broken down sci fi world. Every decision is important, be it the jobs you take, the friends you make, the cards you collect. Death comes quickly, but each play offers new situations and strategies to explore. This is definitely something I'm going to be getting into. Uh, this is 19.99. Again, avail. Uh, that's U.S. dollars available June 4th. All right, cool. Next, we have again June fourth is Skellboy Refractured. This is a. I'm not sure what to call this game. Skellboy has already come out. This is Skellboy Refractured. I have played the original Skellboy. It was kind of there was some problems with it. I don't know if this is kind of like their re 
problems probably yeah but charge you full price fix problems <laughs> so uh, i'm sure there's some added added content on here but um try they have a big giant bullet list of of it looks like fixes yeah or, or enhancements to it yeah i mean it's it's a uh, what do you call those type of games oh geez i can't remember hack and slash no 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 the art style oh um Hmm. How to describe it? It's kind of like um eight. What was it eight bit hero? Yeah, kind of like but that. I mean, or, there's a specific art style. I I can't. It's like oh, that's what a V, right? Oh my god! Like all voxel, voxel. Wow! Yes. I could not. Thank you for uh, giving me a hint there. I need to buy a vowel, but that's okay. Uh, so yeah, there there's brand new um, new game plus. There's uh, randomized dungeons. There's there's some added content. Um, so that kind of justifies they're adding um, kind of a whole new IP. I guess it's not really a new IP, uh, but travel across Kobold and take full advantage of your resurrected skeletal body by swapping out body parts and acquiring new abilities on your adventure. But it definitely is a action adventure, whether it's a hack and slash or or uh, action RPG, I'm sorry, whether it's a hack and slash or button mashing, whatever. Uh, but there, there's co-op in this. Some people, uh, that's kind of a, a, huh? a selling feature. It's it's pretty much the same as the 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 prior game, except with expanded content. Uh, lots of uh, additions here, and hopefully a polish. Yeah. Yep. Uh, again, that's June fourth, and it's on sale right now at twenty percent discount for sixteen dollars. All right, another June fourth title. That day is Jammin. The last kids on Earth and the Staff of Doom. Doom, 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 doom. Oh, so am I supposed to? You apply the effects, or I apply? I'm not sure. Uh, I'll do it for you. All right, cool. Uh, description. Join Jack and his friends in an epic post-apocalyptic quest to save our world from the Queen of the Slime Monsters. Uh, this is a uh, action RPG, and I, I want to say it's... Yep, it is um, co-op. One to four players. Not on. I don't think it's online co-op. Yeah, I don't know if this is an action RPG, though. It, it looks like a beat-em-up. It's, I think it's, um, it's similar to, yeah, it's a beat em up. You can kind of, no, beat em up is more like your Streets of Rage, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. This looks like, this looks like a beat em up. Yeah. You get that feeling? Yeah. Just I can't a more fight modern, this feeling anymore. Yeah, a more modern, <laughs> uh, hurt take on a beat em up. Okay. Battle hordes of zombies and monsters in The Last Kids on Earth and the Staff of Doom in a semi open world action rpg that tells a story new story in the i'm sorry in the post-apocalyptic town of wakefield playing as teen survivors jack quint june or dirk you'll explore zombie infested streets on your quest to stop melandre a powerful adversary adversary sorry from obtaining the staff of doom oh doom, right doom, doom, doom. oh so thank you thank you so yeah that is um that is coming out it's it's kind of a uh, how would you describe this? You call it a beat 'em up. I still call it an action or you know um, oh, RPG. They called it an action RPG. You <laughs> just read the words and obeyed. I obeyed. Oh obeyed. gosh. Oh, I mean, if you look at the last uh, 
the second to last sentence, it says up to four players can tackle the story together in couch co-op okay. or take on waves of enemies in horde mode. And the combination of that, that one statement alone gives me an idea that it's going to be more lean more towards that coupled with the semi open world. That kind of couples together to make it seem like it's going to be a kind of linear beat 'em up style thing with some RPG elements. Beat 'em up, huh? It says action yeah. RPG. They said it. Sure. Uh, it, <laughs> it, brought, it is that as well. All right. Uh, in terms of uh, style, um, what are we looking at here? We kind of got like a 3D cartoon type of thing. Yeah, uh, the dragon looks good. You see that dragon? Um, oh, I do see the dragon, yeah. Yeah, dragon looks good. The The artwork is actually uh, pretty good. Yeah, I'd have to see what the animations uh, look like and the effects to really yeah. kind of gauge this. Right now, I'm just looking at still images, so it's kind of hard to gauge that. But um, it is a... It's coming out physical. This is... Who's publishing this? Outright Games, huh? So this is coming out... It's a $40 game. And uh, it is coming out uh, June 4th. I want to see what else. Oh, oh okay. It, it kind of makes sense. So Outright Games, they publish games, a lot of licensed games. Uh, so Paw Patrol, Adventure Time, Transformers, uh, um, uh, DreamWorks games, Jumanji, Ice Age, Ben 10. So Hotel Transylvania. So they do a lot of these, these licensed games. And it kind of has this Last Kids on the Earth Last Kids on Earth kind of has that feeling. I don't know if this is an actual already show. This might even already be a show. Uh, it is. Okay. Look at that. Uh, a show? I don't know. It is. Uh, Netflix. Something. Yep. It's on Netflix. It's a book. Um, it yeah. is also a show. All right. Yep. Well, there you go. You get to play your characters. Some. I'm. I'm. Obviously, this is not geared towards us, but might be geared towards my my children's. We'll yeah. see about that. They've never heard of the show, but it doesn't matter. All right, cool. That is going to wrap up today's episode. Look at that. We made it. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you have any questions or comments, please send them uh, to podcast at switchrpg.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Discord, hit us up on YouTube. You'll know where to find us. Uh, you can listen to the show each and every week at switchrpg.com, or you sit, and you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you listen to that, please give us a rating and review. We want to climb up them chats on the platform. So your support there would be amazing. And finally, remember to head over to switchrpg.com for all your RPG needs on the Nintendo Switch. Until next time, peace. Super Switch. Switch.